0: everybody is i you all know you are you and wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies it doesn't make any difference you are all of them and when they come into being that's you coming
2: yo yo people how's it going hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world and as promised Today is another podcast I'm putting out. As I said a few days ago, I'd have another conversation out. So this is the podcast I did with Max Egan. really is a cool one. If you don't know who Max is, he was on about two weeks ago now, I think it was. But Max is an activist and a truth seeker and talks about the huge control grid that is on the planet. He also runs the website and YouTube page, The Crew House. So in this podcast today, in the last one, we talked about many different areas, as you know, we talked about the whole coronavirus and stuff, but in this one today, I really wanted to dive into some of other Max's special specialties that he talks about, because he really does ask so many different questions about the human experience, and in particular, some of the, the topics that we discussed in this one, we talked about the nature of reality, as you know, this podcast always talks about the nature of reality. We also talked about the human, our human frequencies, we talked about consciousness, we talked about um, how life is an emotional mirror, which I think is a really interesting concept and I do want to talk about that later on, maybe in the next Observing My Thoughts, that's coming to dive a little bit deeper. We also talked about the language of the universe, because I definitely think there is a deep language that is permeating through the universe, and as you know guys, more and more of us are now, st- people are starting to align with that. Whatever you want whatever word you want to call that. But it's clear to say anyway, guys, that that, that that spirit has been is embedded deep within the human experience and we get a choice whether we want to connect with it or on on and align with it or not. And more people are definitely doing that. So we talk all about that anyway. So like I said, in the next few days, I'm definitely going to do an episode of Observe My Thoughts as well because I've got so much to talk about. As I said, sometimes over the last few weeks, I've had to bring some of these alternative conversations on the perspective on what is currently going on in the world, and I feel like I've done a good job of that, but I definitely want to do some observe my thoughts now and also speak about some other areas when it comes to consciousness, ancient cultures and things like that. There's many topics anyway, many questions that I'm asking, asking and I really want to start diving into some of them things as well. So they'll be up and coming in the next few weeks, so keep an eye out for them. Also, I just wanted to give you guys a bit of a heads up. I'm also looking at setting up a three-day retreat in the UK somewhere. The place that I'm trying to put this in place is going to be at the Lake District because it is such a beautiful place. So keep an eye out for that, guys. Like I said, I'm trying to set up a three-day retreat, which will be probably a Monday, which will be a Friday to a Monday. So I'm trying to get that in place anyway for you guys. Um and that'll be really cool so keep an eye out for that anyway and if you can as always check out the one-off donation option and the patreon page it really helps me to keep doing what i'm doing and just basically allows you to promote something conscious in the world which is this podcast and helps me to keep going anyway so i love you all and enjoy this powerhouse of a conversation with max because it truly is he drops some knowledge bombs to say the least so wherever you are in the world enjoy this one peace out all good brother. Cool. Yeah, so we'll dive in, Max, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us again on the podcast for the second time. Um, last time when we on the podcast, we spoke about many of the different forces that are trying to hold us back and how there is sort of a, a disharmony on the planet. But as, as you know, Max, more and more people now are starting to align with um, the frequency of harmony, if you want to call it that. And people are wanting to try and find and restore that balance again. And I think that's just sort of what proves that as well as our last conversation that we did on YouTube is up to, I think it's up to 20,000 people now. And then also on the audio version, I think it's about 100,000 people's downloaded it and many other platforms. So it, it seems to be that there is a, and I know your platform and your YouTube channel is getting loads of views as well. So there is a huge, um, there's a huge sort of um, need within within people's minds now. They are really trying to find sort of harmony with this um, frequency, if you want to call it that. And it's just, I would love to, to start this, Max, I would love to ask the question because it, like it says, it seems to be that people do have a deep thirst for this information. And um, it's clear to see, like we said in the other podcast, there is people trying to sort of prevent us from stepping into who we truly are. But well, just to start this, Max, I would love to see your opinion on what is what do you think is our true nature and what, what is our true power?
0: Oh, look, our true nature is, is um, energetic consciousness manifesting reality, you know, a collective manifestation, a collective experience, I would suggest, from a single consciousness that's experiencing itself in every aspect that can be, you know, if you could imagine um to get kind of esoteric about it and with lack of any other words to use to describe it if you could imagine if you were a, a an all-powerful being such as god and you were just there by yourself it'd be a pretty boring existence by yourself you'd want to do something um what if, what if you shattered your consciousness into individual fragments so you could experience yourself to discover how you became god you know something like that i mean when you look at what this is it's a collective manifestation of energy ultimately at at the very core we're we're all energetic beings that come from a single source which would be the the field around you you know if if you really start looking to the nature of consciousness you find it's not local to your body it's simply harvested from the surrounding field so you can imagine this as being um, essentially some form of biological uh, computer mechanism you now, that's fully autonomic, self-functioning, self-correcting, self-balancing, self-healing. All you've got to do is put the fuel in it. It needs a consciousness to govern it. Where does that consciousness come from? Well, within every, every body, there is a DNA which is unique to you, particular to you. That DNA is like an antenna that harvests a certain frequency from the field that you experience as Tim and I experience as Max. And that's the way it goes. Oh, Dan, sorry. Not Tim, Dan. <laughs> sorry. You know, it didn't oh, cause whatever
2: ever you want. It doesn't matter. It's, but, when, um, when you think about it in a bigger picture, it does, we're not own near him anyway, as you see them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you can experience as, as you and I can experience as me, but ultimately it comes from the same source. You know, and it's, it's your DNA picking up on a certain frequency. It's like you've got a, a, a radio tuned to a particular station. Everybody's their own radio and it's all tuned to a different station. The station already exists in the field. You can just change the dial and tune into any consciousness you want, but you're tuned. We're all you know, locked on the dial to a specific consciousness, which is you and which is me. But you know, if you were to take a kidney out of my body and put it into your body, you'd start experiencing aspects of me. And they say, oh, it's because the, the organ has memory. No, it's because the organ is tuned to that frequency in the field. So you'll start downloading aspects of my consciousness. Not as much as your consciousness, not enough to override your consciousness, because obviously there's more of you than there is of me in there. You know, but if you get a, a heart of mine or, or a liver or a kidney, the more of me you get in there, the more of me you're gonna start experiencing, you know. You might you know might get a kidney or a heart transplant and find that suddenly you've got this like for Mexican food that you never had before. And you'll find that the donor like Mexican food. You know, things like that. You know, because you download aspects of that personality. So ultimately, we're all we're all energy beings. And when you think of thought and thought waves being energy as well, I mean, every thought you produce is like a radio wave that goes out into the field. This can manifest your reality back to you. When you think of the collective fear they're putting into the minds of people, well, that's the reality we get mirrored back to us. That's why the world turns into such a chaotic state because they get people in fear. So create a fearful reality and what is impossible i mean the only thing that's impossible is that what you believe is impossible and most people have no idea of what what is possible at all because their entire belief system is is centered around what they believe they know which is what's taught to them which is all left brain stuff and it's got to fit within this little scientific box and if it works outside that paradigm you don't think about it it's not possible know but anything's possible the only thing that's impossible is that which you believe is impossible and that's what makes it impossible is your belief in that so yeah that's why i don't do belief and why i've always had no stake in the outcome i don't do fear you know um you know reality will mirror things back to you they've even hijacked all that you know to the law of attraction you know what you think about you will manifest it's also the emotional state you're in you know what i tried to to convey in a film that i put out i think back in 2010 2009 or 2010 called the awakening was the fact that we're having a conversation all the time there's an energetic conversation going on between you and reality all the time but you're not paying attention most people are not paying attention to this conversation you know it appears to you sometimes as intuition very often you don't listen but you'll get this feeling that you should do something or you shouldn't do something You go ahead and you you ignore it and you do this and everything messes up and you "Ah, should listen to my intuition. That's the field talking to you. So we're having this one-sided conversation all the time. The conversation that we're having is an electromagnetic conversation. It's an emotional conversation. You know, the power of feelings and emotions, it's a language that you're speaking to the field and the field will mirror that back to you, which is why they keep you in certain emotional states. You know, how I, I became a radio host back in 2008 was because I had this um, incredibly profound experience in meditation one night and I had all these realizations of what I'm talking about now and I realized it was all an emotional mirror. And I thought, well, being a radio host would be a really good way to get the word out. So I got up and I continued making my clips and doing my YouTube stuff and you know, just, I was just making slideshows and putting them on YouTube. And um, But I put myself in the energetic state that I was a radio host. So what would it feel like? To be a radio host, I didn't know anything about internet radio. Didn't know about podcasts. Didn't know about any of that sort of stuff. And then within, you know, I just get up and I just do my work. I take my son to school. I do all the things that I normally did. But I just, I was a radio host, and it wasn't well, it wasn't that I was pretending to be a radio host or anything. It was just, you know, what would it feel like if that was my job? If that's what I did, what energy would I feel like I was in? You know, and um, I didn't do any. But within six weeks. I got offered a job as a radio host. I didn't do anything <clears throat> to, um, to try to get that job. And it was a real radio station as well. It was like a radio station in Kansas that went out, you could tune in on your car. It wasn't just online radio. It was a proper radio station. I did that for 13, 14 years, you know, and I realized, you know, it's, it's true. It's all an emotional mirror. So, you know, our problem is that we, we, Um, create these goals and we have a stake in the outcome of these goals. We're taught to, you know, this is our business sense. We've got to create these goals and get to these milestones and stuff. Um, But mostly they're unrealistic. Mostly they're based on economic values and all the stuff that, which is wrong completely. Um, And very often, you know, people are, you know, doing these goals in a business manner and it's all about um, creating wealth in their lives and they'll find that the more wealth they create, the um, more expenses they generate with it. And they live to their means all the time. Doesn't matter if you're making 100 bucks a week or 10,000 bucks a week, you're going to be spending 100 bucks a week or 10,000 bucks a week. You know, your lifestyle seems to change around your income. And people generally live to their means because that's the focus. You know, whereas I, I, I just don't think about stuff like that and you'll find that you, you live in a natural state of abundance. You don't really want for anything. I mean, I don't have a lot, but I don't want for a lot because I don't need a lot. You know, we, we misplace our values and, and, you know, even the the law of attraction and all this sort of stuff, it's, it's, it's been taken over from the law of mirroring, which is a more emotional language. they have tried to turn it into an intellectual language and they have even taken terms such as, um, um, uh, abundance and they've turned it into prosperity which um, makes you think about finances you just prosper and get wealthy and rich which that isn't wealth true wealth is is health and and friends and companionship and having a, a safe environment you know happiness this is this is wealth you know and money doesn't buy that people think it does no money buys you stuff and big stuff and big houses and the bigger front door. And then you can feel that you're better than the neighbor and all this division takes place and people get jealous cause you've got a bigger front door than them. And you know, it's, it's crazy stuff. So, you know, that's just, I've found a way you can live your life and just sort of get through it is to have no stake in the outcome and realize you're speaking this emotional language and go with the flow and allow things to unfold. Don't, don't have your goals too firmly set. Because you may miss something on, along the way, some little sidetrack which is going to lead you somewhere that you didn't even expect, which is where you actually needed to go. So you know, you've, you've got to be careful on, on what these goals are. I mean, my only goal in life, like they asked me when I was a child at school, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, outrageously happy. And that was my only goal in life was to be outrageously happy. When I got older, I said, I don't care whether I'm in the gutter or whether I'm living in a castle, as long as I'm outrageously happy. You know, so, yeah, I mean, that I think should be the focus, you know, happiness and improvement of the self and improvement of others, you know, service to creation. You know, there's only one law I've found, one law of creation, and that is unconditional love and service to creation. And that doesn't mean service to others at the expense of yourself. You've got to love yourself as much as you love others. You know, you can't deplete yourself in the service of others. That doesn't work. You don't love yourself. You're not in service to creation. You're in service to others, which means you're a slave for no reward. So why would you do that? You've got to um, put everything on an even keel and respect yourself as much as you respect others, but don't respect them any less because you respect yourself, you know? So, Very
2: very wise words, brother. Really, really great. And when you were talking about uh, everything being a sort of an emotional mirror, it's really interesting because what I've recognized in my life is that with that deep understanding you said there that also comes with great responsibility because from that position, obviously, then you start realizing how your inner thought can affect your, your whole um, world around you. But it's, it's interesting, Max, when you were speaking about the, when you were doing the meditation ses- session and you had that, that sort of deep profound knowledge that came through to you. It's very interesting because even through my own life now, it this seems to be ramping up, but there is, this it does seem to be a sort of a, a deep language, if you want to call it that, that is permeating through the universe. I know some people's call it God, some people call it consciousness, universe, a Kashuk field, whatever you want to call it. But a question I would love to ask you on that—that that I thought of, Max—do you think that that's what we're here to do? We're here to learn that sort of that deep language that is permeating through our lives. Um, I think
0: it's it's a difficult question. You know, why are we here? I mean, I think we are so disconnected from what we we could be we are so inactive from what we could be i think the first goal you know the first quest we should be on is to free ourselves from this system to be able to um, reactivate ourselves biologically and get our own biology get back in control of our own biology um then i think um all 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 of the answers will be will be uh will be clear i don't think we will need to conduct such a search if we can simply come online you know if if you can walk the path of the warrior through life you know it's it's like there's a predator here that's feeding on us you know this has been alluded to in a lot of texts i mean even there's suggestions of it even in, in religious texts in the bible and stuff but if you look at um, different cultures, which would talk about um, mind parasites, you know, the Chittahuri, the Africans call them, the the Jinn, the Arabs call them, you know, the blue Jinn, the genie. Um, the, uh, the Native Americans call it the Wetiko virus. The Gnostics call it the Archons. I mean, whatever it is, the Native Americans just refer to it as the, the predator mind. Um, it's, it's this mind that, that makes us do things we don't want to do and makes us ask questions about things we don't need to know and makes us search for answers in all sorts of places which are external to ourselves. And it would appear, and this is alluded to in many shamanistic teachings, that what this force likes to harvest from us is these aha moments that we have when we're searching so you know if you can not be surprised at what you find when you're when you're looking for things and realize that the only reason you're looking down that rabbit hole searching that particular field is because you actually already know and if you can look within you'll find that um, you won't have those aha moments and you can free yourself of this predator mind and when you can do that things become clear in your head and amazing feats of knowledge and comprehension can be achieved just by matter of course without really needing to search you'll find that if you're prepared to believe yourself and believe your intuition and listen to your intuition you'll find that you already know a lot of things you're just not prepared to admit you yeah, know and the, the big problem that we're facing here is a loss of self something i've attempted to do with all my radio shows right since the beginning i've been focusing on covid and freedom and the emergency we're in lately but if you listen to my radio shows there's been an underlying message through the whole lot for the last 10 or 12 years is to lead people back to themselves it's about the rediscovery of the self and i can't teach you who you are i can't teach other people who they are all I can do is help them discover that for themselves. And you know, you, you can't tell people the truth because they, they won't believe you. They won't listen. The only way to get people to the truth is to help them discover it themselves. It has to be realized. Real truth can't be told. It has to be realized. You now, even the stuff that you know, is because you had that aha moment, you know, a little light bulb went off. Someone might've led you to the doorway, but ultimately you walked through and you had that moment and that's what I've attempted to do with my radio shows and all my films is just um, encourage people to ask questions, ask the right questions and I've kind of led them to certain doorways and <clears throat> they can be prepared you know they can make up their own mind as whether they're, they're prepared to open that doorway and to walk through and ask those questions and uh, whether they're um, spiritually and emotionally and psychologically ready for the answers that they're going to find because yeah, you know, the darkness is pretty dark. It's pretty black, and if if you're not prepared to see just how dark it is, you should never look into the shadow. And that's why I, I don't just tell people things outright and make statements, you know, outright blanket statements. Usually, you know, maybe I've I've slipped up sometimes and done that, but we all do. But um, it, it's mainly encouraging people to ask questions because it's a loss of self. That that's the problem, you know, and and that is only something that people can discover on their own if they're prepared to and a lot of people aren't you know a lot of people simply aren't prepared to they don't want to know what all the problems are they just want to be left alone and try to get through this but you know i think there's a lot of healing that can be uh, made if people are prepared to look into the shadow i think it's it's people's refusal to look into the shadow which allows the shadow uh, to persist but, you know, it, it's it's an uncomfortable place for a lot of people to go because they have to admit that their life has been a lie, that it's been meaningless. They've been doing all this stuff, which was completely meaningless and unnecessary. And that's been one good thing about this lockdown. Maybe people will realize just how worthless their jobs were and all this stuff they were doing that they really didn't need to do anyway. You know, it was just all to take up time and collect paper. You know, perhaps there will be some sort of a spiritual uh, enlightenment that comes out of all of this. Um, but of course yeah, I tend to push it the other way, but you know, it's, it's all about a loss of self brother. That's the whole thing. I've often said if people could just have that epiphany in their minds and just go, Oh my God, I have value. And just realize what they are. If we all did it at once and we suddenly didn't tolerate wrong behavior anymore, and just did the right thing and saw everybody else as a reflection of ourselves, which is why I say in like cash at the end of every show, which means I am another yourself. If everyone just had that epiphany, we could change the world in three seconds, like, bang, like that. It'd be changed. You know, if if everyone just had that realization, well, at least we could, we could change it in a day. But, you know, if it was an epiphany, we could, we could change it right away. Imagine if everyone just suddenly saw everybody else as a reflection of themselves.
2: It was really powerful stuff, by the way. And, um, it's really powerful some of the stuff you were talking about there because it is clear that we have sort of forgot who we are and you when you you touched on a couple of the ancient cultures there, i would love to ask actually ask you a question about that because all that sort of that deep knowledge that you were speaking of there max it's really interesting that a lot of the ancient cultures if we look back at them actually understood that deep language how do you how do you think that they understood ancient cultures actually understood that deep language that you were just talking about there
0: I think it was just the way we lived. You know, I think this is knowledge that's been taken from us. I think it was, was just common knowledge with everybody. You know, when you look at the, the structures and the buildings and the, the artistic nature of everything that existed in the past, I think it was just the way things were. Um, you know, we may wonder how people could have had this, this knowledge and it may appear like magic to us. But that's only because we've been taught this left brain education for the last couple of generations and we've been taught what is real and that it only fits within scientific parameters you know, and you know, I think it was common knowledge, brother. I really do. All you have gotta do is, is look at some of the, the ancient structures and some of the buildings and architectures and stuff that we marvel at saying, Oh, we, you know, ancient wonders of the past and we haven't got the scientific know how to do that. And gee, how did they do it? Cause they thought completely differently. They had completely different technology, had a different way of looking at themselves and a different way of applying themselves to life a different um, almost symbiotic relationship with the earth that we live on. You know, we've lost all of that and, you know, it's been taken from us. You know, like I said, if if you could just free yourself of this predator mind and have this calmness, you know, the the saying is to be able to face infinity without flinching, to be able to um, face with serenity odds that are not expected, not included in your expectations. That's the way to get through it. You to find yourself and to create that calmness within if we could do that and and you know the fact that our pineal gland is so calcified so we're only experiencing such a small um, part of reality anyway we don't have any real spiritual or emotional connection that we understand due to our pineal being closed you know if you look at um dmt dmt dimethyltryptamine that that some people use as a a drug they smoke it or whatever it's also active in ayahuasca and things like that it's also active in your body it's produced in your spine apparently and it's distributed through your brain by your pineal gland well our pineal gland is mainly calcified so we're not having that distribution of dmt through our system that we should and um, uh, but we do have we do have a bit in our body i mean if we didn't have dmt in our body we wouldn't dream we wouldn't see in color so we just have just enough for us to experience, you know, a, a bit of reality, but the DMT and something else in our body called um, tryptophan. Tryptophan is in everything. It's in plants, it's in animals, it's in everything and nobody really knows what it's for. And I always suggest that tryptophan is actually like an antenna, like your DNA. Tryptophan is the, is the interface that reality uses to communicate with itself. And if we had more active DMT dimethyltryptamine in our body, we would be able to use the um, communicate to nature through the tryptophan in our body. And we would call this instinct. It's like how, Animals know to leave an area before it floods because they know there's a hurricane coming. But as tribal people will leave the area too because they know there's a tsunami coming or an earthquake before it happens. They will pack up and they leave. Then there's a disaster. Because the pineal's still open, the tryptophan in their body is active and they can access the tryptophan in nature and they notice the frequency is changing so they get out of the area. See, we don't have that in our Western cultures. We've, we've had this aspect of communication taken away from us so you know, there's more than the five senses there's other ways of communicating with the world rather you know just by looking at a tree and smelling it and seeing it and hearing the wind rustle that's just a few ways of communicating with it there's a symbiotic energetic way you can communicate emotionally with the tree as well you know there's an area near here called the crystal castle and they have these instruments hooked up to trees hooked up to these little electronic synthesizers and when you can go and sit in the garden there if you sit next to the tree the tree will play your tune and it starts off a little nervous when it starts playing and if you don't like the tune it'll it'll stop playing and if you do like the tune it'll get more confident and the tune will expand and get more and more creative and it picks up on your emotions yeah, but if you don't like it and you think, oh, I don't really like that, it'll it'll change the tune until you finds one you like. You don't have to say anything, but it'll find one. And as soon as you start thinking, oh, gee, I like that, it gets really confident and it starts doing So it's energetically communicating with you. It's reading your emotions, the tree, and it's playing your tune. You know, so sentient life is everywhere. And there is a whole other levels of communication that we're not experiencing. So I think that's something that's, that's very important for people to take into account when, when understanding how this whole system works and, you know, why they push all this fear into people? Why they keep you worried about all these mundane and meaningless things rather than ever paying any attention to yourself and to what your relationship would do? you know, the trees and the rocks and everything around you actually is, you know,
2: do you, do you I've got two questions, Max, I don't know what one to ask you, but, when you were speaking about the senses there, it was really cool stuff. I was actually going to ask you the question. I know there seems to be, there's definitely a splitting of consciousness on the planet, but there also definitely seems to be a, a, an uprising of them senses where more and more people are connecting to them senses as well. So maybe that's my first question. And the second question, just to add to it, if, if I maybe if we try and blend the two was, do you think that the ancients maybe had a way to reflect that human frequency?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think the pyramids are any mystery either how they were built. I think they were poured. It, it, Tells you on on a steel in uh in near Zaire in Egypt, there's a steel there called the famine steel, and it it describes the the pouring of of three monuments, the building of three monuments out of a synthetic limestone. They just you know box it up and poured them. You can do it, all the materials there, so it's like a form of concrete, It's, it's a form of geopolymer that they're made of. There's the granite, you know, the granite sarcophagus and all that in the in the central area is still quite spectacular but I I don't think there's any mystery how they were were built but yeah I think they had a way of of harnessing uh, all of this stuff I think some of the the mystery um, structures that we see I don't think that would have been so mysterious at all if you knew how reality worked you know with levitation frequency I mean a lot of a lot of the old stone structures that we see that seem so mysterious uh, like the stone walls in South America, th- these all appear to have been poured out of out of molten stone that was then then solidified you know? so they 're all basically forms of geopolymer i don 't think there 's any really great mystery to them at all it 's just technology that we 're not aware of because again we 've got to only think within the realms of science we would't never think of getting plant extracts and rubbing them on stones to make the stones soft and you know, pouring them as as buckets of mud into bigger blocks, but that's what I would suggest happened, and that's what a lot of the natives in South America uh, would say as well, and that's what the Famine Steel says in regard to the pyramids being built. But you know, as far as our, our consciousness, um, yeah, they they knew that you know what sort of a world you could create. I'm sure they did through consciousness. Um, I think we are far, far more powerful than people would would ever give us credit for, you know, because they're taught not to believe in such things. They're taught it's magic, you know, but I mean, I don't believe any history. I don't believe uh, any of the stuff we're told about the past. I think things changed quite recently, actually, like within the last um, probably even a couple of hundred years, two or 300 years. I think it was a very, very different world here on earth. I think there was a a worldwide civilization that existed on earth, the remnants of which can still be found everywhere. And, uh, I just don't believe a thing we've been told, but you know, a, a lot of the problem now is, um, I mean, there is a huge awakening happening with people being locked away and people realizing just how corrupt the system is. I mean, this whole lockdown, this whole overreaction for, you know, what's happened. A lot of people are getting it, but, um, it's where they're gonna direct that awakening, whether they're going to be wanting government to come and rescue them or whether they're really taking the time to look within. You know, It's a huge opportunity for us, this whole lockdown, this whole uh, implementation of this new world order system they wanna bring in, this whole smart system. It's right in everybody's face now. And I think it's a, it's a huge opportunity for people to push back. So this could be a, a uh, in time of incredible freedom that could lead us to a really good place if we play our cards properly. That's why I've been spending so much focus on it. You know, I've been focusing on it almost every day. I've been doing uploads and talking about the, the current situation because you know we're at a, a very historical moment. We're at a pivotal point in history right now. I can't think of anything previously in any time in recorded history that I know of that has been as significant as what we're going through now, the type of change we're going through now. Even looking back at the Industrial Revolution, um, which I don't even buy into being what we're told it was anymore. Now I have a different understanding of history. But I think a lot of what has happened in the last three, 400 years, it's all been culminating to this very point we are at now. And <clears throat> which is why it's so important for people to understand their emotions and, and understand the power of their emotions and what we can do with this moment. But uh, yeah, very, very interesting times we're in brother. You know, a lot of people, yeah, you know, they want to talk about history, but they don't realise oh, this is history. What we're doing right now, this is this is history. Very, very significant history, which is going to be remembered uh, as long as the human race continues. This is going to be one of the most pivotal moments that uh, has ever ever been.
2: Yeah, I love that. I would love, Max, as well, just maybe ask one more question as well. I would love to ask you the question of how do you think, I know we've been talking around the sense of consciousness and all the stuff's been really great, by the way, some great points. You've said some stuff that I want to definitely go back to and listen to again and research. But when you were talking before about the grand scale of consciousness, how do you think three will plays into the plans of the grand scale of consciousness?
0: Everything. It's all based on free will. Everything we're doing now is based on free will. We don't have to do any of this. Even our choice of having governments is based on free will. We choose to go and vote. We choose to participate in all this. We choose to give our authority away. Great book by Luck and Rose called The Most Dangerous Superstition, which is about authority. It's the belief in authority. <clears throat> it's all free will. This whole existence is based in free will, free will interaction, contractual interaction free will interaction free will contractual interaction anything you do is a contract any um conversation you have with someone is a contract you know if you look at it that way get all the the monetary sense of a contract out of the idea but it's a it's a contract of souls a free exchange if you will you know so and it's all based on free will we have we have the free will to throw away our smartphones to turn away from this system to say no and to suddenly you know, support each other and see ourselves in each other and, and not measure ourselves by the size of our front doors. We have the free will to do this anytime we choose to do it. I mean, I chose to make that decision years ago. You know, I, I gave away just about everything I own, um, sold the rest, so I had enough to survive, um, severed ties with all government institutions, no unemployment, no nothing, don't want anything to do with anything you guys have got. And, you know, it was my free will to do so. And I've just kind of bounced through the world for the last 15 years that way. And, um, yeah, it, it's all about free will. We have, we have the free will to say no to this any I wish people would. But they think someone's got to come along and save them is the problem. They're not, not prepared to save, them, save themselves because they're not prepared to discover themselves. They don't want to know the true power they have. They want someone to come and save me. They want to, you know, Max will come and save us. will hold his coat while who goes and fixes the world. And then I'll get the newsletter that the world's changed. And then I can go back to work and do all this mundane shit that I was doing before. You know, if, if the world's going to change, why do people think all that mundane stuff's still going to be there? You yeah. know, the problem is they want a new nanny. It's not like the Q movement. You know, Q is going to come and save the day because... We don't like the old nanny, so the new nanny is going to come along, the Q nanny, and it's going to look after us. It's still a new nanny. If you're waiting for anyone on a white charger to come along and change the world for you, it's because you're not prepared to change yourself. And all you have to do is change yourself, and then the world changes. But I won't do it until he does it. But he won't do it until you do it. So you're just stuck in this loop. you know, Lead by example in all that you do, be the change you want to see in the world and that's how the world will change. But don't wait for someone to come and save you. If you're not prepared to save yourself, what makes you think you're worth saving anyway? You know, it's a question a lot of people don't really want to ask themselves. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy just to be a good person and to do the right thing in all that you do. And if you do that, you'll find that the world will look after you, it just works. I'm living proof that it works. I mean, I, I give, I, I do all I can to help other people. Um, I don't stress about stuff. I have no stake in the outcome, and you know, I, I just know that if my heart is is pure, the universe will guide me to to where I need to be. And I don't have any any stress about that. I don't even think about it. I don't even expect it. I just know that's what will happen. So it, it does, because it's all an emotional mirror. You know, no stake in the outcome. I don't do fear. So you know it's pretty easy to step away from the system. You know, the problem is that, you know, we have all these, these things we we think we need to measure ourselves by and all these standards and all these social standards and all these things we think we should be and all this external stuff we gather and along the way, we never really find ourselves. And and that's what it's all about. And you can do that. Now you can do that anytime you choose to disconnect from that and just look within, you can do it. So yeah, it's a great opportunity brother, And I, I hope that's what people do at this time.
2: I love that. Thank you so much again, Max. We'll leave it there. Honestly, powerful podcast, by the way. And as always, you, you just some of your knowledge, your knowledge. Honestly, brother, is amazing. Really, is greatly. Like, really is. Well,
0: thank you, brother. I appreciate that. It's not really knowledge. It's just sharing a perspective. It's just my life experience of what's worked for me. And um, you know, I, I kind of found it all out in the school of hard knocks. So. You know, hopefully, it will save a few hard knocks on other people if, <laughs> if they just consider these possibilities of, of a different perspective. And you'll find that if you, if you do it, you, your life will change. It, it has with me and it has with, with many other people that I know. I know people that have changed their lives completely by realizing it's, it's an emotional mirror and uh, it'll, it'll mirror back to you what you put out there. So, you know, it just works. But thanks yeah. for having me on, bro. Always a pleasure.
2: Thanks so much for checking out that podcast there with Max. Really do love Max, I think he has a really good vibe about him and like I said he really is a knowledgeable guy and he and I really loved how he talked about how life is an emotional mirror and in the next few days when I do my next observe my thoughts I definitely want to dive into that topic more because that's something that has been permeating currently in my life about how everything is an emotional mirror and I want to speak about some of the experiences that have come through that in my daily life And I've got many other stuff that I want to talk about in the next one anyway. So keep an eye out in a few days' time for the episode of "Observe My Thoughts when I eventually get it out and get it done. Like I said in the intro, I'm looking at setting up a three-day retreat in the UK as well. So keep an eye out for that. And also, if you can, guys, check out the one-off donation option or the Patreon page. Just helps 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 this helps me to keep this thing going and helps me to keep this community flourishing. So anyway, I love you all. And just to play this conversation out, this is a song, a new song that I found. It, it's by an artist, two artists, one called Gentleman and the other one called KY Manny Marley, I think. I think it's Damien Marley's son or cousin or something. I'm not too sure. But anyway, the song is called Uprising and it really is a cool one. So enjoy this song, Uprising. Peace out.
1: They want to divide and rule. It's a generation we can't fool. Bye 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 bye. Uprising, we on the horizon. Say they want to take it over. Said we got to run for cover. Freedom fighters, we keep surviving. Let them know we're not pushed over so over till it's over Tell me what this is coming to I really got to know where we are running to Yeah, say we tried to find a place But we're running out of space, lot What we are supposed to do Uh-oh. Somebody tell me, please, where we're running from Is it the fighting or the illusion by the ends of men? Yeah, time to find a common ground Can't afford to run around Why can't we get along? Uprising, we on the horizon Said they want to take it over But they will never. Said we got to run for cover Freedom fighters We keep surviving Let them know we we'll are not push over it's not over till it's over To see unification is my greatest desire But my none then we get cast in the fire Wood, but the dragon and the beer Delusion and the fear Get burned with the teeth and the liar Let's get together the words of the Messiah No single outback, we do this in a choir No man is an island, no man stands alone Show love and let your love inspire Come on uprising We under the horizon. It's over. So we got to run for cover. Freedom fighters, we keep surviving. Let them know we're not push over. It's not over till it's over. We got to find a way. We live to see that day where there is no more oppression and no more depression. No way. So listen what I say your works you shall get paid, oh gosh, with no more aggression, make love your possession. Uprising, we are the rising, say they want to take it over, say we got to run for cover, freedom fighters, we keep surviving, Behold. let them know we're not push over, it's not over till it's over, never, Uprising they want to take it over. we got to run for Freedom fighters, we keep surviving. Let them know we're not over It's not over till it's over.
0: Education
1: is key. here, we're coming to the we're the